This is the essay from Robert Greenleaf, The Servant as Leader, that catapulted servant leadership into mainstream culture. Let me read you the last paragraph of his preface. Part of the problem is that serve and lead are overused words with negative connotations. But they are also good words, and I can find no others that carry as well the meaning I would like to convey. Not everything that is old and worn, or even corrupt, can be thrown away. Sometimes it has to be rebuilt and used again. So it is, it seems to me, with the words serve and lead. Robert K. Greenleaf. Welcome to the Leadwell Podcast, the show where we help you redefine your servant leadership to amplify your integrity, influence, and impact as a leader so that you can lead well. We are in a special Servant Leader series here on the podcast because we are preparing for my book that is launching in January, Redefine Your Servant Leadership. If you're a servant leader who struggles getting stuck in the serving but not leading or figuring out how do I do the performance and the business and the people well all together, this is the book for you. And you can go grab an excerpt right now and jump in before we launch the book. Go to redefineyourservantleadership.com, get your excerpt today, and start reading. Y'all, Robert Greenleaf in 1970 laid out some of the negative connotations that were already there with this idea of served. And they've only been amplified since then. If you think about servant leadership, there's the pros and the connection, the relationship, the focus on people that is built into it, helping people grow, empowering them. But there there are also the negative connotations with being a servant leader. Things like overly people-pleasing, kind of avoiding conflict, maybe working around to keep everybody happy. There's also this idea of a little bit of the bless your heart, kind of pat on the head, Servant leaders aren't really business savvy and don't have a full grasp of how it being business works, Uh, that there's just some things that aren't going to work if you approach it like a servant leader. And one of the negative connotations is that servant leaders have a bleeding heart. And it might be true. Uh, We care and we have compassion, but also meaning that we can't say no. And that maybe, just maybe, we have this idea that the work is so needed, even kind of holy, if you will, that the people, the work, it it doesn't deserve a no. It it needs a yes from us for, for all that we have to offer it and that we can't restrain things because if we do, we're going to hinder people, even if we don't have what we need to be able to deliver that service. And these connotations, these negative connotations are amplified today. And this is where I found myself over a decade ago and why I started the journey of redefining my servant leadership because I was working so hard to work around people to keep everybody happy and avoid conflict and just kind of make sure everybody liked me. And maybe you're there as a servant leader, but it was very much people-pleasing. And I was playing into the naivete of, 
uh, or downplaying, kind of diminishing the business needs. Uh, and the focus of the work that we're doing is not only a mission, but also that there's money that has to come in. And that's a good thing to be able to serve in advance and, and give more to people, but was totally avoiding that or working around it, not holding people to what they agreed to, to focusing on performance and really going and doing things myself uh, because I wanted to serve. And kind of looking back now, I realized that that actually hinders their growth and their ability to continue to grow. But this is where I was kind of full in on those negative connotations. And I started the journey of redefining my servant leadership, of building out what, what does it really take to do this thing that Greenleaf laid out there to serve and to lead uh, and to do it in a way that advances the mission. And you know, what I thought was that if I did that, if I leaned into the kind truth to being mission-driven instead of people-pleasing to really the, the business side and being aware of all that's going on and operating strategically instead of kind of naively, I thought I was going to turn people off, that they were going to leave, that there was going to be more turnover, that they wouldn't like me. And I found the exact opposite to be true, that with that servant heart, just because you care, bringing that sincerity and the skills to deliver, everything actually changed. We got even more successful. We got closer as a team. Personally, I experienced more promotion, more responsibility as a leader, more success, both in terms of how the team was performing and themselves getting promoted, but also to the business. And when we turn these same concepts around with our clients, they experienced the same thing. One organization that we work with in Ohio was able to grow by two and a half million dollars in two years in an industry where that is unheard of, but they also experienced employee engagement and retention improvement by focusing in on this servant leadership approach in a redefined way. So we get it, right? I get it. Our clients get it. And I was still looking for a story like, who out there has been doing this, operating as a redefined servant leadership leader for years? And it led me to Alan and Catherine Barnhart. My guess is you probably don't know who they are. I didn't. Uh, it's because they're extremely humble. Uh, they're very unassuming. And yet they are quietly and confidently changing the world through their business, through their example as servant leaders, and through the way that they are giving to support things they care about all around the world. Let me tell you a little bit about what I discovered with Alan and Catherine, and specifically with their company, Barnhart Crane and Rigging. So Barnhart Crane and Rigging, they have 50 locations around the United States. And before they had 50 locations, back in the 80s, Alan and his brother took over this, and Alan leads it as the CEO. And they said, we're going to do this as servant leaders. We're going to do this for a purpose larger than just the business. And we're going to do it in a way where we are good to people. I want to read you just a little bit of some of the core values that they tied into and really focus in on that core concept of servant heart and business mind. I'll call some of them out, but you follow along as we go. Oh, and just in case you were wondering, are they business savvy? Are they strategic? Are they thriving? Let me tell you about Barnhart and where they are when I did my research. When I did my research, Barnhart was a $300 million family-owned business. $300 million. Tremendous amount of impact, success, and opportunity to be able to serve and benefit. So not just a, a small 
local kind of shop, which is also wonderful, but a big thriving organization with tons of team members. And these principles and this concept and the embodiment of servant heart business mind shows up here. Let's look at some of their core values. So Barnhart says that their mission is to continuously improve and grow to be the best in our industry. That because they want to serve, that there is this focus on excellence and that they want to continue to grow the business and improve the business so that they can in fact be the best. Here are a couple of their core values that are specifically tied into this idea about servant leadership. Number one, servant leadership. Hear how they describe it. It might be different than how you think about servant leadership. We serve our people by providing purpose, trust, belonging, progress, recognition, and compensation. Many of those we we connect with, trust, belonging, purpose, progress, that continual improvement, that growth as we think about servant leadership, recognition, really looking and seeing people, appreciating them, honoring them, and compensation. We don't often see that one tied in with servant leadership, and yet they tie it right there with part of the value of servant leadership is compensating people while serving them through the money that is earned. Here's another one, quality service. We develop our people and processes to ensure consistent service and operational excellence to meet the needs of our customers. Sometimes that bless your heart pat on the head is, oh, you're doing really good. You're doing great things. But, you know, it's not at the same level of business, of corporations. And yet here in Barnhart's core values, we see that tied so well together that it is this consistent service and operational excellence That is what it is to serve and to lead with a servant heart and business mind. Fairness is their next core value. We are honest and fair to our people, our vendors, and our customers. Everybody that's involved. And here it is. It's really tied up in this last one is why do we do it? What is that sincere heart that we apply the business mind to? Profit with a purpose is their last core value. And we work to make a profit and invest the profit to reward our team, people, grow the company, the business, and meet the needs of people locally and globally. They see increased profits as a way to advance the mission and serve even more people. Now, here's the crazy part. One of the ways that Alan and Catherine and the Barnhart Crane and Rigging lead by example is every single year, all of the profits that they have, they take half, and they reinvest it in the business. They take half and they give it away to causes that they care about all around the world. What was it a couple of years ago? 2021? $35 million given away to causes that they care about all around the world. How many lives were impacted by that $35 million? by a consistent servant heart, business mind delivered over time, doing good things for great reasons. Now, is it effective in terms of how we engage employees and keep employees? Let's let's just put this out there. According to LinkedIn, the median tenure of employees at Barnhart was 6.2 years. 6.2 years. That's almost twice the average. And Glassdoor listed the approval rating of Alan, the CEO, 
who focuses in a mission-driven, people-always way. 98%. 98% approval rating. And the average CEO's rating of approval is about 73%, according to Glassdoor. So where we think that not bringing these things together by keeping them separate is actually going to help, it really diminishes our, our integrity of being able to show up consistently and meet the demands that we face. It hinders our, our influence because influence really comes when we have the character and the skills to be able to support people in relationship. And that servant heart business mind are able to do that. And when in a strategic and an honest, aware way, we can use the gifts and talents we have to grow the bottom line, the profits, to serve the team, to grow the company, and to meet the needs of people locally and globally, we really amplify our servant leadership. And I invite you to redefine your servant leadership. Go to redefineyourservantleadership.com, grab an excerpt, and then when the book comes out, in January, make sure you grab it because there are even more stats and amazing, just amplifying, eye-popping uh, examples that Alan and Catherine give us that I can't wait for you all to see when you read the book. All right, Matthew, in this special Servant Leadership Series, we've been doing questions related to the book. What do we have today? Yeah, John, this book is about service, people, and business. And you gave that great example of servant leadership in the barn hearts. Can you tell us more about the why that's behind you writing this book? Yeah, I, the why behind really started because this is how I saw leadership playing out the best. And yet I was struggling to connect this philosophy and idea of servant leadership with practical day-to-day -day life and leadership. And it was really... Uh, a conversation uh, with a woman who's leading in a global organization where we were talking about these things and some of the negative connotations that we just talked about earlier in this episode. And she said, I don't really identify as a servant leader anymore. I just don't think that that works in today's world. And, and that, that really kind of just took me back, crushed me just a little bit because some of that narrative is that you can only succeed up to a certain level as a servant leader. But if you, if you really want to do it, you know, top notch, best in the business, you have to do it differently. And to me that, that broke my heart because going in, in a way that is good for people for a great purpose and, and then bringing all that you have as a servant leader kind of focused on the mission, the people and the results is really the best way, the most sustainable way to continue to do this and to provide the most benefit for people. And so it was my personal journey, kind of this aha and what I've seen work in our clients, plus this amazing example from the Barnhearts that really just led me to this book needs to be out there to help people practically turn this idea, this concept into a way that they can lead day to day so where that they do great things for the mission that they feel called to so that they can grow and treat and empower people and so that they can also provide and deliver impactful results that can change lives. Y'all, I hope you grab the book. Can't wait to tell you more about Redefine Your Servant Leadership next week. And until then, be well, lead on, and God bless.